coming up on Inside the NRL. Lock it in. Townsville will host State of Origin 1, but has it left New South Wales singing the blues? We hear from both Origin coaches. Jerome Luai beats Jack Whiten to the Blues' number six jersey. So what changed Brad Fittler's mind? Steve Renoff joins us live to get his thoughts on the Maroons' 17 as the three key Queenslanders battle injury. And we recap the highlights of another memorable Indigenous round. Hello and welcome to a huge Inside the NRL as we kick off the countdown to Origin 1. It's just nine days away. I'm Zach Bailey, joined by former Blues 5.8, Jamie Soward and Michael Chambers from the Sydney Morning Herald. Gents, we love this time of the year, don't we? Yes, certainly do. I can't wait for Origin to start. It's The teams have been picked. The boys are in camp enjoying each other's company for the first day or two, which is probably the best part of camp. And then after that, the real work starts. Get the budgie smugglers ready, mate. We're heading to Townsville. It's going to be good. Oh, yes. oh we'll talk Here's about that. Here's two roomies again. Are we doing the show there next week? Or you're not getting the invite? Uh, we'll have to speak to our producer, but hopefully we head up to Townsville at least a couple of us anyway. But first, it's time to see what left egg on Michael and Jamie's faces. I'll start with you, Sally. The Parramatta Eels. I was really disappointed with them on the weekend. I watched that game, you know, the, the week before against Manly. It was an emotional day and they didn't stand up. And then it just felt like on the weekend was a perfect chance for them to go right, yeah, like a mini final series. And Wayne Bennett did that to us. Is let's treat this like a final series at the back end of the year. You know, we're, we're at sudden death. They lost the first final to Manly. They go and play South Sydney. They leak 38 points. And, and their attack, their defence, they just look like a side that had struggled for confidence after a great start of the year. I mean, the South had been beaten by 50 a couple That's what I mean. Right, so it's just, as I said last week, whatever happens during the season is irrelevant for those four teams at the top. It's finals time and that's all the thing that matters. But for me, the Knights left egg on my face. No Kalen Ponga, no Mitchell Pearce. I gave him absolutely no chance. I thought Manly, that was the easiest tip of the round for mine and we got it horribly wrong. Congratulations to the Knights and Adam O'Brien. Monkey off the back for a little while now. Yep, and Des Hasler not a happy man after that loss. Yeah, and nor should he be. Yeah, that was that was tough to watch. But I look at that, and and the teams, the bottom ten teams, are going to continue to do that to each other. Is beat, you know, be up every now and then, and it's not good enough to make the eight. All right, we had another very special Indigenous round over the weekend. So, Sour, you're a proud Indigenous man. What was your highlight? There were uh, so many. For yeah, the apart from the jerseys, the celebrations, I had Reese Walsh. This kid is just sensational. He is so good. His try against the New Zealand Warriors, the ability to be able to back himself, and, and the finish, boys, is well, it's first class. And this is a kid who's 18, played a handful of games. He's a very, very, very good-looking cat as well. Um, but, yeah, I just thought that that was my highlight. A genuine talent and a genuine man crush. You can't Big man crush on Reese Walsh. <laughs> Michael, what was your highlight? My highlight, we turned back time as a, as a Dragons fan to see Nathan Blacklock... Uh, and Anthony Mundine before the game. It just turned back time a little bit to see them with the Dragons on the weekend. Uh, I loved it. Yeah, some of my favourite moments watching Nathan Blacklock and, and Anthony Mundine do the flips after tries as a kid growing up. Uh, yeah, that was good for me. Yeah, big shout out also to Fox League. Their promos with Baker Boy were incredible. That was, actually, that was Featuring awesome. some of those guys, comparing them to the guys in the modern game. Uh, Latrell Mitchell has made the kangaroo ears famous over the last couple of years. Every time he scores a try, he gets them out. And as did a couple of other NRL players across the weekend, Dane Laurie, a proud Indigenous player. We also saw his uh, Dam Damien Cooks, the Latrell <laughs> teammate, get it out as well. And uh, the Ferrari. 
That is Jason Saab. He was on fire again on the weekend. He did it as well. So. Uh, is there been anyone ever quicker than, ja- than Jason Saab? <laughs> well, ever. Gus Gould says that the fox is the fastest man no. on the planet, even faster than Usain Bolt. So maybe here. Saab Over 100, Saab. I want to see the race back. I want to see end of year grand final day. The teams that aren't playing, I want to see a 100 metre sprint on grand final day. Wouldn't you love to see that? Well, get the Sydney Morning Herald to put up 100,000. We can make it happen, mate. All right, in fresh news this afternoon, it has been confirmed that the MCG will not host Origin 1 due to the recent COVID-19 outbreak in Melbourne. So we're headed to Townsville. That's right, Queensland will host Game 1 and Game 2. Let's hear from Andrew Abdo. Yeah, three three considerations. The first one was safety. So the advice that we have from our biosecurity experts was that Far North Queensland and Townsville would be the least risk of disruption. Second of all, state-of-the-art facility, brand new stadium, and uh, as I mentioned earlier, thousands of fans, players and participants getting an opportunity to see State of Origin for the first time. And the third lens was we've taken a huge hit financially. 2020 was incredibly challenging for the code. Having to cancel a game and refund fans and deal with the logistical challenges just a week out from the game in Melbourne meant that the Commission needs to think of the best interests of the game and limit the financial damage as much as possible. Um, I've spoken to both Dave Trodden and to Brad Fittler uh, and they've been very supportive and respectful of, of the decision. Of Kelly, uh, they would prefer the game to be played um, in New South Wales but they understand the considerations. Yeah, so every Maroons fan, every Queenslander would have big smiles on their faces right now. But Michael Chambers, it is an interesting one, given they host Game 2 and there's not a game in New South Wales until Game 3. I asked Brad Fittler this morning, I was in Coogee with the New South Wales team, and I asked him off the record if he actually cared. And he, he didn't seem to care, really. I, I think he knows that regardless of where they play New South Wales, if they play their best footy, they, they can probably win all three games, to be honest with you, with that back line they've got. So get to the point now. The NRL, Andrew Abdo obviously outlined those three reasons. I think, you know, the third reason is the most important reason. The financial implications of this and the uh, incentive of the Queensland government would have been the main reason. I understand safety and, and the COVID restrictions and, and thinking going forward around, you know, limita- limiting what goes on in the coming weeks. Obviously, they now have to organise charter flights for the players to come back from, from Townsville as well. Uh, because there aren't a lot of flights coming back to Sydney because they play on Wednesday night and the teams that play Friday, they want their, t- their players back as soon as possible. So, um, yeah, I, I understand why the NRL is doing it. I don't think there's a lot of New South Welshmen who think it's fair. All right, well, uh, Michael spoke to Brad Fittler off camera, but let's hear from Paul Green and Brad Fittler right now. As I said, I'm looking forward to If it is in Townsville, I think it'd be enormous. You know, I think everyone will embrace it, so I'm looking forward to it from that point of view. But it doesn't, you know, they don't make the tackles for you or... Um, you know, score the try. So it's about making sure we prep well and get our performance right. If that is, and it's something that hasn't been done for a while, to, I know early in the origin concept of these play all the games in Queensland, it was only sort of about 1986 where they played a game in New South Wales. So um, they've had to do it before, so we can do it. Does it make it just that little bit tougher? How much tougher? It'll make it a little bit sweeter as well. So. Yeah, sweeter, no doubt, Sowie, but it is a tough challenge. So if the Blues go up and they win Game 1 in Townsville, Game 2 in Brisbane at Suncorp Stadium, will they automatically go into the conversation as one of the best Blues teams ever? I think that you talk about best Blues teams and errors in terms of success, long-term success. I don't think it would 
catapult them into that conversation. They're going to have some of the best players, but you think about the Johns, Badiris era and, and the early thousands, how they were able to win that game up at Suncorp, 2005 for me. Um, that's probably the one, but I just cannot believe we've taken it to Queensland. I, I'm, I'm really baffled. As a proud New South Welshman, I just don't understand why you wouldn't have had it at Bank West, Game 2 Queensland, and then next year just reverse it all around. It would have been an easy fix. I can't believe they got the first two games. If they lose this series, Queensland, they might not be allowed to play next year. Wow. <laughs> Everything's gone their way. <laughs> they are unbackable favourites in this series, Queensland. All right, it's now time to see uh, the team that Brad Fittler has picked for Origin 1 next uh, Wednesday night, now in Townsville, not at the MCG. James Sadesco will be the captain. Brad Fittler's made six changes to the team that lost Game 3 last year. Panthers trio, Brian To'o, Jerome Luai and Liam Martin will make their Origin debuts. They are three of six Panthers in the squad. Latrell Mitchell is also a big in. He has been recalled for the first time in two years. Last week, Chamus, all the talk was about Jack Whiten winning the battle for the number six jersey. Jerome Luai will start there next week. What changed Brad Fittler's mind? Yeah, I asked Brad today as well in regards to that. He, he said he was actually impressed. It wasn't a, a pretty game, but he was impressed with the way Nathan and Jerome handled that game against the Bulldogs on the weekend. It wasn't it wasn't pretty, but he was happy that they could, in an ugly situation, get the result that they wanted. I, I think reality is, and this is the other thing, there's a perception out there that Jerome Luai defense, defensively is a liability. Now, if you look at the tape and you look at the actual statistics, he is no more liability than Jack White. In fact, he's actually performed better than Jack White defensively this year. And I think if you look back at the tape last year in Origin, Jack White made a couple of key decisions in defence, defending in the centres that, that cost New South Wales a little bit there. So. I don't, I don't think the Blues feel as though Jerome Luai is going to be a liability in defence, Sally. Well, yeah, he won't be. Um, for, for so long, Queensland picked teams, even when I was playing, and New South Wales were worried about defence, what we're going to do defence to stop Queensland. We need to score points. We need our best attacking players out there. Now, Jack Whiten is a reigning Dalio medalist, and I've got a lot of respect for Jack, but he's not playing Dalio medal type football right now. He's not running the footy. His kicking game's not up to scratch as Jerome Luai. Jerome Luai has a partnership with Nathan Cleary. He kicks the footy. He's able to run the side when Nathan Cleary's not cooking. And if you put Jack Whiten in that position and Nathan Cleary's having a quiet game and Jack Whiten doesn't come up with the goods, then you have to put all the pressure on Jerome Luai in game two. Throw him in there for the series. Jack Whiten will do the job at 14 off the bench. We need to, we need to pick points. We can't just pick defensively all the time. Yeah, and Nathan Cleary is one very happy man that Jerome Luai will be lining up alongside him next Wednesday night. I think it's easier said than done, but, you know, he just needs to be himself. Um, you know, I think that's something he does so well. Uh, he's never really been overawed by any occasion. Um, even last year was kind of his first full year in first grade and he, you know, killed it. So, um, you know, I think he brings that energy, that X factor, and, yeah, that's something we're going to need for him on Wednesday. Now, in the past, Sowie, we've seen some informed playmakers come into the Origin Arena. They don't perform and they get spat out the back door. If the Blues are on the back foot, what does Jerome Law have to do to make sure he's not lost in this game? Because it can be the biggest challenge of players' careers. Yeah, well, we think about Cody Walker you know, a couple of years ago getting taken off. But I think the, the key for Jerome is he's going to have to get himself involved. If he has a run and defensively they're sound early on, he's able to get himself into the game off the back of what Nathan Cleary and that forward pack do. No half in the history of the NRL has ever succeeded in a game with his forwards pack not laying a platform. So it's going to be up to the forwards to make sure they get him on the front foot and give him opportunity. When you've got guys, the way the game is at the moment, Tedesco and Luai bouncing around, fleet-footed, change the direction, you know, they're going to get opportunities off the back of their, their forwards laying a platform. This might sound dumb, but New South, uh, sorry, Penrith haven't had a close game for a long time. Like they haven't had to 
get down and dirty in the last 10 minutes and, and win a game of football all year, really. Well, what about Melbourne, round two? Yeah, but that's, that's a long time ago. Like, if, if you look back at their stretch of 30 or 40, 30 wins or whatever it is at the moment, they've won most of those convincingly. It'll be interesting to see how they handle the big moments. They on did. Wednesday in the finals, night. I must say, against the Roosters, a couple of games, even South Sydney, they went down to the wire. They were big games. They came back. They, they started slow in both games. They, you can't they afford came, to do they that again. You know the key, the key for the halves from New South Wales is the number 13. Picking Isaiah Yo and starting him, a big call over Jake Trebojevic and Cam Murray, he is the settler for both those sides. He's going to know when to pass to Jerome, when to pass to yeah. Nathan Cleary. He's probably in New South Wales' most important piece. All right, so have the Blues got the balance right in their pack, given Murray's on an edge, Jake's playing prop, and Yo's been starting at lock? Yeah, well, I guess the surprising ones is Jake Trebojevic starting and then Tarek Sims on an edge. I actually love the addition of Tarek Sims. He's going to be able to empty the tank, go as hard as he can for 30 minutes with his line speed and aggression. Then you bring Liam Martin onto that side. Jake Trebojevic, for me, will start from the bench. Uh, and you'll have Payne Haas start, who can play big minutes. Jake, come on after about 20, 25 minutes and play the rest of the game out. After the game opens up, you think about the series a couple of years ago when at uh, ANZ Stadium, or Stadium Australia as it's called now, he started ball playing into that second half. So he's going to be vital for New South Wales if they're to win this series off the back of how Freddie manages that bench. You think about if Payne Haas starts, you bring Jake on after 25, that's only one change and you've got Jake on for the rest of the game. Michael, are you surprised that Freddie hasn't gone with a genuine utility option as his 18th man? He's gone with an out-and-out hooker in Appy Coruscant. Yeah, I understand the reasoning behind it. So if you look at the actual New South Wales team, they are covered in every position if they get an injury bar hooker. Jack White can fill in the back line. You can shift Trebojevic to fullback. Your halves are covered with White, and you've obviously got some forwards on the bench. If they lose Damian Cook in the first five minutes to a concussion or early in the game, there is no one in that team that's going to be able to handle playing hooker for the rest of the game and win them the game. So Appy Coruscant gives them the cover for every position. That's, that's the reason behind it. And not only that, they could play small ball with Cook at 13 and help Appy Coruscant. Or someone else. Get, yeah, that's you right. Know, Imagine they could them both have, on the field. Yeah, you could have them both on the field and just pepper in the middle of the Queensland rock. So, uh, yeah, I think it's smart. One story that's somewhat been overshadowed due to the focus on Luai at number six and all the Panthers players, Brian Tottle and the like, being selected is the fact that Latrell Mitchell's back in this squad. Now, his, his relationship with Brad Fittler and the Blues... Michael, was fractured when he was dropped after game one in 2019. What measures, what steps has gone on over the last two years or over the last couple of weeks even so that Latrell Mitchell feels comfortable and welcome back in that blue setup? Yeah, I don't think it's the last couple of weeks. I think, you know, there is no doubt Latrell Mitchell was frustrated with what happened and how he was dropped and the lack of communication there. And there was a lot said after that. There was an interview on NRL.com in regards to how he was feeling in the New South Wales Rugby League setup. Brad Fittler has reached out to to Latrell and they've sorted that out and Latrell said today that there he holds no grudges there are no grievances between he and anyone at the New South Wales Rugby League and what's happened in the past is a learning curve and, and everyone moves on now the fact that he's been welcomed back in suggests to me that there's, there's no issue from from Brad Fittler and I, and I believe Latrell when he says that he comes to this team comfortable with what happened in the past and, and ready to move on. Sowie, just quickly, if you could make one change to this Blues squad who comes in and who goes out or are you just happy with the way it is? I'm happy with the, the way it is. Yep. Michael? Yeah, there's, there's no, no one. Matt, hang there's on, no there's one. No Matt Burton. There's no. Oh, but look, I would like to see Matt Burton 18th man. Oh, there was a little talk around Josh Schuster as well being considered for 18th man. But there's no one really that missed out that I think you know what he's hard done by. I'm 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 backing Freddie with this team. Okay, all right. We'll have to wait and see how the Blues go next Wednesday night. We've got to turn our attention to Queensland. New coach Paul Green has named his side today for his first assignment as Queensland coach. Let's see how the Maroons are expected to line up next Wednesday night. Cameron Munster. 
Caelan Ponger and Harry Grant have all been named despite battling injuries. But the theatre and conspiracies begin sourly ahead of next Wednesday. AJ Brimson also has an injury cloud over him, but he's been retained on the bench, while uncapped Maroons, Reid Marnie and Carl Felt have been included as extras. There are no fresh faces in Green's top 17, though, which is a bit of a surprise given how many players were blooded by Wayne Bennett last year. Sowie is a New South Welshman. Do you fear this Maroon side? I always worry about the Queensland side. You know, I tip New South Wales 3 0 every year because I hope it happens. But you look at Cameron Munster rested, you know, a couple of weeks he's been injured. Caelan Pong has been rested, they haven't been playing footy. And, and the, all their guys are in form at the moment. Dan Gagai, Valentine Holmes, Daly Cherry Evans has picked his form up. And then you look at Harry Grant, what he can do. And that forward pack, you've got some of the most dynamic ball runners in the competition. So New South Wales are going to have to be very, very good. It's a mobile pack for Queensland. That's probably what scares me a little bit. Guys like Tino Fa'asumala'awi, Dave Fafita, you know, against the tired forwards of New South Wales if they get on top early, which they did in Game 3. Cherry Evans kicking game. I think that, that two games in Queensland, like I said, it's, it's pick them at the moment. Is it fair to say the New South Wales back line is better and the Queensland pack is better? Well, is, that, is that as easy, as simple as that? Yeah, probably. Yeah, but the thing about Queensland is that they... Up in Queensland, they play differently to how they play everywhere else. So, you know, they're going to kick early. They're going to get Gagai down there. We know what Dan Gagai's like in, in State of Origin. But doesn't that play in New South Wales' hands? The fact that it's a dry track in Townsville and New South Wales have the better back line... Doesn't that play into their hands? Not necessarily, because in Origin you're coming off your own line. For you know, for it's not you're not back to ten metres, you're back seven. You know, the, the referee is letting a little bit more go in terms of slowing down the ruck. And if you lose that ruck and momentum, we've seen how hard the game is right now to get momentum. And when you lose momentum, you can concede points quickly. In Origin, you're up against your line. You're coming up. You might only go fifteen metres and have to kick. So the back line becomes, um, you know, I guess it doesn't mean anything having the greatest back line because you're not in those attacking moments. Yeah. I don't know whether the Melbourne Storm were doing Paul Green a favour last week, but it almost looked... Every, all the communication coming out was as if Cam Munster and Harry Grant were no chance, especially Cam Munster. They were just being rested. That's genius from the Melbourne Storm. Hey, are you a little bit sore, Cameron? Yep, you're playing Origin? Sweet, mate. Have a couple of weeks off. We'll still win by 40. So even Cam Munster coming out on radio and podcast saying, you know what, Craig and Frank, they don't want me playing. Please. Please. Well, you're sitting second and you, with all, your, all due respect to Brisbane, they will play in Brisbane. I think you can, knowing they're going to play Origin and be pretty tired after that period, you could rest them. And, and that's the luxury of where... They've rested the them before Origin. And so the, the, they probably said to Cam, you know, if you play on that Wednesday, we may need you to back up depending on the game and how you feel. And he'll go, great, I've had two weeks off beforehand to get my body right for that. Yeah. I'm going to have to play too short, then we'll have the bye. Please, genius. And just when we look at Cam Munster and the way he tore New South Wales apart last year, he oh, is a man. massive, massive in. He, is he their biggest in? Yeah, 100%. The, 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 probably the surprising one would be Harry and seeing because he hasn't played a lot of footy in terms of the starting number nine for Melbourne this year. But... Cam Munster's, he's built for origin. Yeah, 100%. He's their best player. Reed Marnie unlucky? Uh, yeah, I thought they may have gone Reed and, and also uh, Harry Grant together, but that utility value comes into it. All right, we can't have a biased blues chat here with you, Sowie. We better bring in one of the greatest Queensland backs to play for the Maroons, Steve Renoff. Uh, thanks so much for joining us on Inside the NRL. Steve, why should the, uh, why should the Blues fear this Maroons team? I, I just think it's uh, it's typical uh, of, a, of a team that's picked for, for the Maroons. And, you know, once again, we'll probably go in underdogs and um, we we like it that way. But um, 
I think with the way they come out of that series last year, a lot of these boys, I know there's a, a, some more debutants um, in this team that weren't there last year, obviously, and um, there's a the fair group of them, they, they got a sniff and they realise what it takes to win Origin. And that's one thing I think this New South Wales team will fear is is that passion um, that they played with last year. And we'll, we'll talk a bit more about that, how we've got to the second game, we got a bit of a... Uh, you know, bit of a pasting by the Blues, but then bounce back to, to win the final game. Pearl, you're kidding. You've got two origins in Queensland. This is the unlosable series <laughs> for the Maroons. They should start very, very, very short. Two games in Queensland to start. Oh, no, how good's that sound? We got Townsville. <laughs> we couldn't believe it. Stroke, just a stroke of luck. And, uh, uh, you yeah, know, so yeah. That, that, but how good's that? Uh, I, I just hope, I really do hope we don't go into, I'll say this at tongue-in-cheek, that we don't go into Sydney as a dead rubber. <laughs> <laughs> Three Queenslanders, Kalen Ponga, Cam Munster and Harry Grant, are all under an injury cloud. Let's hear from one of them right now. Uh, yeah, I've got a few boxes to tick. Um, got to progress and I ran on Saturday, ran pretty well. Uh, so I'll give myself every chance to play. I'm not going to go out there to play 70 minutes. Um, yeah, no, let it to my body at the end of the day, I'll know whether I'm right. Um, obviously I'll have myself in mind and, my, and the team at, uh, as first, team first sort of mentality. So, um, but like I said, I'm going to put myself in a good position to play. Michael, will they all actually be fit and ready to go? Are you kidding me? <laughs> when do you see Queensland are not fit and ready to go? I think once in the last five years or eight years, ten years, I've seen a Queenslander pull out. Billy Slater, I think, before an MCG game was ruled out early. But mate, we saw the state Cameron Munster was in after last year's grand final. He still played. He still played and was the best player on the field. Do you think he's going to miss out now? I think they'll all be there. Uh, and if they aren't, then... It's, it's, you're right, Munster is the key there. It's, it's, Munster doesn't play, then it could get ugly for Queensland. He's the heart and soul of the team, but... I do not see him missing out. By kick-off next Wednesday night, those three players would have missed a month of footy in the lead-up to the opener. Let's focus on Harry Grant, though. Sowie alluded it to, bef- to it before, and the lack of footy he's actually played this year. He's only played five games so far in season 2021. He's only started one of those games, and he's averaging just 55.8 uh, minutes per game. So, Steve, if he is named as the only hooker in this 17-man squad with Reid Marnie missing out, can he get through 80 minutes in the Origin Arena? Oh, look, he'll, um, uh, with Harry Grant and the other boys that are uh, there fighting fit, they, they wouldn't be in the squad if they weren't close to a chance of, of playing. So he'll go out there. I, I don't think it'd really bother him. Um, he's young enough. He, you know, they're, they're professional enough these days. And as I said, um, you know, probably wouldn't have been picked in the squad if, if they knew that he was no chance. And he showed last year, and he's such a great player. So there's so much he can bring. Um, even without his running game, what he does uh, for his support and, and, and setting and assisting tries is very un- unbelievable. He's such a great player. Per, what about Felice Kafusi? Uh, how much of a loss would he be to the Queensland side if he's unsuccessful in his tripping charge? Yeah, it, that would be a big loss with Felice. Um, he's, always, he's been a mainstay for Queensland a long time. He brings that aggression. Uh, he, he's so good for... A, a player, and I think he's developed that over the years, especially in defence. I love him in defence, but obviously we know he's good with the ball too, Felice, but he never stops. But you will miss his defence because he brings that bit of aggression to that pack. Steve, I just want to ask about Paul Green. I know you know him a little bit. I just thought over the time, obviously last year, inheriting this team from Wayne Bennett did a fantastic job. 
It's going to be obviously big shoes to fill coming on the back of Wayne. What does he have to nail in his first week in charge here at the Maroons? I, yeah, I think Green has just got to be patient. Um, we, we saw just to, an example of last year, your Queensland come out, got the first game. They got rattled in the second game. And enough you remember, and I know it was a shorter turnaround, I think, um, last year because of COVID, but um, if you remember Wayne in, in the dressing rooms after that, that hefty loss, you know, he was, he was trying to be a bit, you know, a bit funny and smiling and he wasn't really ripping in. And I think that's where Greeny's got to realise this is origin. You've got, you got this small window of opportunity in, in three games and you can lose it in two. But, um, it, you know, if you're going in to decide and you, and you win the first one, lose the second one, you just got to be patient with this group. And, and just show them that, you know, give them that confidence. Um, you know, he's got JT there with him, and I think they, they've kept Neil Henry, uh, which I, I think is a great thing. And, and one thing I think about last year, they were so lucky to have Wayne Bennett, Mel Manning and Neil Henry, but um, while you got them there, he's just got to keep a cool head and keep these boys upbeat. Pearl, what's going to be the weakness that Paul Green and his side's going to have to attack in this New South Wales team? Well, they've got three... Three fullbacks, or you know, current fullbacks, are in their in their club teams playing at the moment. You know, two in the centres, and you know, maybe we look at on that edge with around those players running. You know, Tommy Tommy Turbo's come back and he's playing great footy. I know Latrell is an ex centre, but the, we had three fullbacks out there. Somehow on those edges, we got to we got to try and uh, take advantage of that, and probably run numbers and and just try and get them get them going, confuse them a bit. And I, I think on those edges, maybe on Toho's side as well. Um, he, he, he should be a target, uh, especially with the high ball and running running at him. Um, so I, I think the forwards will take care of themselves. I, I was really impressed um, last year in that final game and what they did, and they did the Payne Haas, and um, they just cut their, their space down. And they, they did. They virtually chopped Payne around the legs every time he got the ball. He didn't get a moment, any momentum, any yards, and... I think Queens are going to go with that, that, that same thought process. We've got to get up in their face. We've just got to chop their time down. Steve, uh, we can't wait for Origin next week. But before we let you go, what was your highlight out of another very special edition of uh, Indigenous Round? Mate, you know what I thought about that? It's, it's about the whole concept. I'm, I'm so proud of what um, the NRL do in this space. We we didn't really have it back in the day when we played, um, you know, back, back in the 90s and, and the like. So... For me to see the spectacle they put on to celebrate, you know, ex-players and current Indigenous players is, is just amazing. And, um, you know, you look at some of the footage and a lot of the boys performed on the weekend too, which is great to see and with their clubs. And, uh, you know, you see Jimmy Roberts here, you got a couple of them meat pies. But it, it's so good. And what the NRL, I, I really think they do understand, is what this means to the Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander community and it's something they all look forward to and I just think the NRL do it so well. Steve, very well said. Uh, thank you once again for joining us on Inside the NRL. Uh, best of luck to the Maroons next Wednesday night. No worries, boys. Thanks. So how we, uh, the underdogs in Queensland. Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> you wouldn't, mate, they could have had... When I played them, they had eight immortals, I think, in the side. They were underdogs. It was unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's now time to check out the uh, Casualty Ward, brought to you by Chemist Warehouse.
And just like this show, this has an origin flavour as well. Paul Green is confident Cam Munster will overcome a foot injury and be fit to play. Most of the concern is over Caelan Ponga. Sowie says no. While Harry Grant and AJ Brimson are adamant they will suit up. Blues big man Payne Haas expects to be running again on Thursday as he battles a knee injury while James Tedesco and Josh Adokar are also carrying hip pointer injuries. To the other injuries out of round 12, Zach Sadler was hospitalised with a suspected fractured skull in a loss against uh, Newcastle, while debutant Ben Trubojevic suffered a head knock. The Titans' loss was compounded by Ben Firmer's, uh, Bo Firmer's rather, uh, hamstring injury. Roosters forward Isaac Liu has avoided serious eye damage, but the tricolours could be without Nat Butcher because of a moderate Sindersmosis injury. The Raiders are said to be without Corey Horsburgh after he dislocated a wrist. And Bulldogs hooker Brad Dietz suffered a hamstring strain early in their loss to the Panthers. Alright, it's now time to turn our attention to the cash cow that is NRL Pick'em. We've already given away a uh, million dollars so far this year, or more than a million dollars in the NRL season. And... This weekend, you can win $1 million. To win, all we've got to do is pick four winning margins from the four nominated games. It's free to play. Head to nrl.com slash pick'em to get involved. And no Jamie and Michael, we cannot get involved. But they're the four matchups right there, including Origin as the fourth match. Panthers, Storm, Eels and Blues. All right. This time, uh, this is the last time we'll get to see the Dallium leaderboard before votes go behind closed doors. So let's remind you all of the current standings after 12 rounds. Nathan Cleary out in front. Uh, he's four clear of Roger Tuivasa-Shek. James Fisher-Harris is on 16. Tommy Deburbo, as I like to call him, Trebojevic, is on 15. Latrell is on 13, but can't win due to, his, due to his suspension earlier this year. Interestingly, 2020 winner Jack Whiten hasn't polled one single vote all year. Sowie, is it a race in four? Yeah, it is. And it'll be interesting to see James Fisher-Harris, if he can poll a couple of votes while Nathan Cleary is in origin. But Nathan Cleary has a chance in those games to obviously poll votes as well. Roger Tuivasa-Shek, the Warriors are the most frustrating team in the NRL. Get Roger back to fullback and he wins the Dally M. That's how, that's how good he is. They can't have him playing on the wing. They, if he plays at fullback, they're going to make the eight. Uh, Tom Trebojevic, I think it's out of three. I think it's out of Fisher-Harris. RTS and Cleary. In a team of stars at Penrith, a lot of people thought James Fisher-Harris might fall away, but he's a, he's a genuine shot. When you consider that Jerome Lewis had a good start to the year as well, would have been taking points, and you think about Matt Burton taking points, there's been a lot of good players at Penrith. The fact that he's on 17, I think it's 17 there, it's incredible. Yeah. Best prop in the game. Alright, it's now time for Hit or Miss. Two things off with this. A complete overhaul is required in the nation's capital. Jamie Soward. A uh, hit for me, and it's not necessarily with the coach. I think they just need to get some... Young... Hang on. You said a complete overhaul, but not the coach. Yeah, you can have a complete overhaul, not the coach. <laughs> it's not a complete overhaul then, Listen is it? Listen to me. Listen to me. So it's a uh, partial overhaul. I think they need to get some... Yeah, partial. <laughs> okay. They need to get some younger guys in there. They need to refresh in that roster a little bit. Um, on the weekend, yeah, the last two weeks, I've watched them closely having called the game, and they led 10-0, but there's just something missing within that group now. You know, all the outside noise that's been going on, it looks like it's started to affect them. They do some good things, but they're going to have to inject some younger guys in and around their key, you know, playmaking roles to help re-energise that squad because other teams are doing it. You saw the Roosters do it with Suwali, Walker. You're not going to be able to have those guys with that talent, but you need some fresh faces in there. Michael? Yeah, I'm with the, I'm with the partial overhaul. I would say miss. They don't need a complete overhaul. Ricky Stewart, 
is the right man for the job. However, sometimes after a long period of time, the, the voice doesn't get heard as well. And I think the roster needs to be overhauled. I, I think there are guys there like, you know, Jordan Rapana, sad to say Jared Croker's probably best footies behind him. I think potentially two new halves, obviously with George Williams, yeah, maybe White and go back to the centres. There's opportunity there to, to rejuvenate that roster. Josh Hodson, you know, you bite the bullet and say, okay, thank you for your time. And I think Josh Hodson can see the writing on the wall there. So I don't think sacking the coach in this situation is the answer because he's proven that he's got the job done in the past. It's, it's, it's just refreshing that roster, which has come two years probably earlier than, I, than the club thought yeah. it would. All right, despite yesterday's scrappy win against uh, Manly, Adam O'Brien should bring in Shane Flanagan onto his coaching staff immediately, Sowie. Yeah, it's a hit for me. If you get a chance to get a premiership winning coach to come in and assist you when the times are tough, then you, you go out and you look for whatever's best. I mean, we talked about Kevin Walters and Wayne Bennett. You know, if Wayne Bennett helps you get to where you need to go, you bring him in. So um, I think, you know, having spoken to, to Shane and worked with him, he's keen to get back into the NRL system somewhere. And if Adam O'Brien can reach out and get someone that's had that experience, you can see Anthony Seabold, you know, they're trying everything up there at Newcastle. But you'd have to say they're underperforming at the moment, you know, by a long way so I think if you can get a premiership winning coach in you get him in Michael do you agree? Miss you can't and it's not a disrespect to Shane Flanning I'm not saying he won't help them I just if you've backed Adam O'Brien to be your coach then Adam, Bri Adam O'Brien is your coach like Shane Flanning went into the Dragon system in a similar situation where we but are they, help Paul McGregor are they preparing for the worst? Well, then sack him if you don't think he's... No, but I'm saying, like, if you bring him in and say in... It's not, it's not, a, it's not a good show. At least you've got someone there. Like, look at the Adam Sharks this year. Adam O'Brien is going to be happy, though. Sally? Look at the Sharks this year. They had to go out and get another coach. They didn't have that succession plan that they could promote. Most clubs have that. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have sacked John Morris if they didn't have someone ready to go. So I just feel like Adam O'Brien, knowing the kind of person he is and having spoken to people around him, he'd be looking over his shoulder all the time. I, I don't know. Well, let's bring Robbie Farrer in here to give you some advice. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like... He's got his own show on That's Tuesday. what I'm saying. If you'd be threatened that he wants to take your spot on this show. Like, He's too busy running the water. Just let me have this, <laughs> Robbie, please. I, I just don't think it's a good move. If Newcastle really believe Adam O'Brien is the man for that club, then bringing Shane Flanagan is only going to cause Adam O'Brien problems. Right. And that, that's not an attack on Shane Flanagan. Okay, moving on. The Cowboys will finish as the top Queensland team in 2021. Hit. I've been saying this for months. Seriously. The, the Titans... I don't know what's going on with the Titans. Frustrating to watch. They're in the same basket as the Warriors some weeks and, and the Canberra Raiders. Uh, but the, the Cowboys are actually playing pretty good footy. I know they leak some points and it's not always perfect, but they look like a, a, a resilient team, Chamis, that under Todd Payton, you know, when Michael Morgan left, they had it could have gone two ways. The way it's going now where they've gotten better and they're competing for a top eight spot, or they could have finished last and really had a dejected dressing room. But there's some guys getting some chances there and a big rap to Jake Clifford as well. The way he handled that transfer, playing the last game and putting in the effort Played that he well. did before going to Newcastle, I think holds him in good stead. So the Cowboys easily the top Queensland team. It's a miss for me. What? Melbourne Storm, the top Queensland. Oh, yeah. uh, you like that one, eh? You like that one? <laughs> All right. For those of you who aren't tennis fans, Naomi Azaka is one of the best uh, female tennis players in the world. She's currently world number two. Now, she's put herself on a media ban at the French Open because she doesn't believe it's right for players when they're in an emotional state after a loss to have to sit there and front questions. So, uh, Michael, as the journo here, I'll start with you. Naomi Azaka is within her rights to boycott the media. Yeah, she's, in, she's within her rights. It's going to cost her quite a bit of money and it might even cost her a spot in the French Open. There's talk about disqualification going forward. I said this yesterday. I said, you think LeBron James likes enjoy, enjoys doing media before a match, after a match, every day of the year? I, 
it, it's part of the job of the modern day sportswoman or sportsman that you actually, that's, that's part of it. It's actually the trick of being a good athlete is managing everything that are, that's around you. And the same with coaching. And unfortunately for Naomi, I don't think she's got a lot of support on this front, which uh, is unsurprising. Miss, huge miss. And I respect the, the mental health and of the player and stuff like that. But as a player, you accept that some things come with it. Now, I've dealt with both you Pelicans on a number of bases before we did this show. And of course, there's days I didn't want to talk to you after a loss. Of course, hated there's... It. I can tell you. I can tell you I was the one with mental health problems after dealing with Jason. This bloke Stewart. turned up, asked me, are we going to finish last? You know, so... Late, turned up late. Turned up late conference. and then asked me, first question was, are you guys going to finish last? Of course, you don't like it sometimes, but... You know, your brand, there's sponsors that need to get out there and, and we're covering the game. We're paying, we're footing the bill to cover the game for you to get all that money. So huge. Not only that, it's an advantage that she has over her opponents, that she doesn't have to do any of this. And there's a lot of commitments that go after a tennis match that they have to do. All right, back to rugby league circles. Valentine Holmes is the man you'd want kicking a field goal to save your life. Sowie. In the NRL today? Just ever. Mate, no, myself. You back, you back yourself. If it's for my life, I'm risking my life. I am kicking the field goal. This was an amazing strike, 39 and a half metres out. The ball's going forever. But, I mean, there's only a few of us that can do that, and I'm one of them. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy. I would take, if it's for my life, and Maddie's standing there with the girls saying, do you want Valentine Holmes or you to kick it? I'm going for it. I'll so, tell you what, I ain't going, Sally. There's no way I'm going to go. Mate, I am not going to see how. Have you seen Sally kick a field goal under pressure? No. I want to show you Sally kicking a field goal <laughs> under pressure. Here we go. I want to show you Sally kicking a field oh. goal under pressure. Oh, yeah. No, no that's Sally. good, Sally. We had a little kicking competition. Because he always sledges me that field goals, I couldn't kick him under pressure. So we're down to the local ground here. I don't know if it's local. And he missed it 30 out right in front. But I'd like to show you some exclusive vision of someone who would kick a field goal to save his life. Wow. Chad, please take it away. Who is this? Oh, he's nailed it. <laughs> he has nailed it. Valentine Holmes, eat your heart out. See, that was a pretty sad day for you. So. In, yeah, it was. Uh, in my defence, there wasn't 80,000 fans there with the grand final berth on the line. COVID, so mate. I couldn't get I the probably, I probably... And the game was already won. I don't know why. I'd taken my boots off. I had to put them back on because he was running around like a little pestering kid telling me to go back. So you wouldn't there. have Chambers kicking for your life? No. Nah. <laughs> I wouldn't have Chambers reporting for my life. <laughs> you still have your $50 for that better. All right. <laughs> We've got to get uh, cracking. Uh, champ or chump this week. It's my week. Uh, Christian Welsh is one of the best blokes in rugby league. He does a lot of charity work away from the game. And it was a very special moment at Suncorp Stadium last week. He wasn't playing, but he made a special bond with a cerebral palsy sufferer, Angus Hopkins, two years ago, organising to come down from Toowoomba to Brisbane for Magic Round in 2019. And on the weekend, he was on it, at it again. Welsh brought Angus down to the sidelines uh, to meet the Storm and Broncos players. He couldn't get down there and then walked, carried him back up to his wheelchair. He, it's special stuff. That can change those people's lives, or it does change those people's lives. 100%. And to do that, you know, and it's unfortunately he's going in for Queensland camp this week, because I'd like to say, Christian, you're an amazing person, which you are, but it's state of origin time. Come on. All right, and one of our panellists is the champ in the eyes of a new blue who could make his origin debut this week. Just got to thank him. <laughs> you know, he's, he's done all the hard work for me, you know, put my, put my name forward. But, um, no, I appreciate him, um, you know, making those comments, that's for sure. Michael's got a big grin on his face. It wasn't you, Michael. No, it wasn't me, it was mate. Sowie. What? You're, you're the champ of the didn't weekend. You pick, didn't you pick Damien Cook for origin? No, that'd be Horace no, <laughs> He's been pushing his name forward for years, he said. So, the champ, though. Episode. The champ is Jake Turpin. 
Because, uh, the chomp. <laughs> chomp! The chomp! <laughs> Good chocolate. <laughs> terrible, terrible segment. The chump of the week is Jake Turpin because Kobe Hetherington celebrated a special moment at Suncorp, scoring his first NRL try oh. and bang. Knee to the face, split him straight open, as oh. you do, and says, uh, mate, you've got to spend some time in the blood bin because, uh, yeah, split you right open. That's nasty. That's nasty. Remember last week's chump, Will Chambers, when I gave him Will Chambers and you said you wouldn't want to run into him, run into him on the street? You did today. I ran into him on the street. Yeah, today. yeah, what I did. What did he say? Well, no, he was, he was with his kids and he was walking towards the, uh, the he didn't realise, but the New South Wales and the media were there, the Blues, and he turned the other way. Kids and his missus went the other direction. I think he went around the corner for, her to pick, for him to be picked up around the corner. He didn't want to be seen. I saw him look the other way. Yeah, walk the other way. Brave man. All right, don't forget to tune into NRL teams tomorrow. <laughs> Neve Owens, Brett Kamali, Robbie Farrell will be in for all the latest team news for round 13. They're on air at 3.55. Teams will officially drop. Uh, at 4pm. Make sure you join us on nrl.com. Thanks Michael, thanks Jamie. Big week ahead. Uh, so make sure you stay tuned to nrl.com for all of your origin news. But what a special weekend it was. Indigenous round in the NRL. In an Indigenous round, light it up. You just want to sit back and enjoy. And a saloon passage to the line. The Fox scoring an Indigenous round. Nico Hines will score it.